Well, let's open in prayer, and then um, we'll go from there. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are, that you're King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And even more amazing and profound is that you're our Father, and that you look upon us with joy, with delight, ever extending mercy and grace toward us. Your hand is never closed toward us, but it's ever open. And so, Lord, um, we thank you that we can trust in you. As the song I sang last night at, at, at Lakewood, it, it said, um, God, do whatever you want with me because I have total trust in you. And so, Lord, I just pray that we can just today relinquish that. Things that are in our lives, whether it's relationships or lack of relationships, whether it's business decisions, whether it's um, new grandbabies, job pressures, situations. Lord, that we can trust you that you are sovereign and that you're not um, mean or or nasty toward us, but that you're ever-loving. Lord, we thank you that, um, Lord, I wish that difficult things didn't have to come into our lives to transform us and draw our closer to you. But, Lord, for so many of us, me included, it has to be their hard things that draw me to you. And so, Lord, I pray that today as we look into your word, Lord, as we look into drawing near to you, God, that we would um, not have to learn so hard the lessons that you desire to teach us, Lord. Thank you for these ladies, Lord. I just pray you blessings on them and um, that they would be um, aware of your presence in a profound and amazing way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're rolling through here. I'm actually going to do two, uh, two sections today because we're going to try and finish up in, in January, um, by January. So, righteous, start in Psalm 119, 137. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Your testimonies, which you have commanded, are righteous and very faithful. My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me, yet your commandments are my delight. The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. I cry out with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I cry out to you, save me, and I will keep your testimonies. I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. I hope in your word. My eyes are awake throughout the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. They draw near who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. All right. I really want to hit on point four. We'll spend the most time down there. Um, but wanted just to hit some highlights um, before we get there. Uh, verse 137, righteousness are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgment. Life is not fair, but God is fair. Life is not fair, but God is fair. I, you know, I can't remember when it, pastor, I don't know what point it was, sometime pastor, Talked about Christian thinking. I think it was pre-sabbatical. Maybe it was in Genesis. And Christian thinking is that God is sovereign and God is good, and um, and that if that those two balances out, when so when when things appear in our life that don't seem good, we can trust in His sovereignty and know that it's sovereign. And when things come in our lives that um, you know seem out of control, and where did this come from? We can trust in His sovereignty that He is in control, and that it is for our goodness. And um, and people say, you know, life's not fair. And they're almost saying it's wrong that life's not fair. But life's not fair. And if life was fair, Christ wouldn't have died on the cross because he didn't deserve 
the punishment that we rightly deserved. I was just talking to Tommy Skurlock on the way in, and he was in Washington, D.C. last week, and I think it's amazing when you don't go very often, just the, and maybe when you do go often, the sense of the power that's present in those, was it nine square mile, that make up Washington, D.C., for good and for bad. I mean, nations rise and fall, and the, the impact of the past 200, 250 years as you drive down those streets and you see the Washington Memorial, I mean, the Washington Monument and Lincoln Memorial, and, and just, wow, the impact on world history. Of course, we're myopic, so we think it's, you know, huge, you know, but <laughs> the past 200 years. You know, just the impact of that. And, and I said, and, and it's almost awe-inspiring sometimes, just thinking about it. I mean, not worshiping it, but just, wow. How much more is the cross of Christ? And we don't necessarily acknowledge that as much as we would necessarily the Washington Monument because it's just so common and known to us. Life is not fair, but praise God, God is fair. He will judge fairly. He will judge fairly, and that's an encouragement. No one's going to get away with anything. And that is such an encouragement in my heart. When you see people get off for obviously, you know, a technicality, and they, get, they don't receive any punishment from the justice system. And you think, well, that's not fair, you know. As I shared last week, I think about my friend Carol Kent, whose son went and killed um, the, did I share? Her son was, um, her son's stepchildren, it was alleged that the father of the stepchildren uh, molested them. And he was about to get unsupervised visitations with the girls. And JP just, he freaked out. I mean, he freely admits he freaked out and trusted in himself. And as he was military and a warrior and 22 and a young gun kind of guy. And I mean, so he got a gun and he drove from Panama City Beach to Orlando, Florida and shot that man and killed him. And, um, and so, you know, he, I mean, he thought that he was, somebody was going to get off with it. And of course, the story is children in the meantime, you know, and he's been now sentenced to the rest of his life in prison with no opportunity for parole. And, and he freely admits that, but man, I'm telling you, a great book um, is Between a Rock and a Grace Place by Carol Kent. And it is talking about her. What I loved about it is there's letters from prison of J, that JP wrote of how God is using him. And he says, you know, and he says it, I am, what I, where I wish I would have gone back and never pulled the trigger. Yes. But, but God. But God's using me and lives are being transformed as I'm inside this prison you know, ministering and teaching folks that are going to go out and be impacted. And they have gone the, the clemency route, and they have no, there's no hope for parole. He will, he will be in there for the rest of his life. And, I mean, he's 20, no, he's 32, 33, you know. So, anyways, uh, but he didn't think, you know, he thought someone was getting away with something, and he's not. He's not. His judgment will be perfect. <laughs> and that's kind of scary because if it wasn't for the cross of Christ... <laughs> We would be judged for all the wrongs that we've done and rightly deserve punishment, but praise the Lord for the cross of Christ. We'd be doing hard time. We would be doing hard time. It would be bad, and it would be for the rest of our lives, I mean, for eternity. Um, number two, we can trust his commandments. We can trust his commandments. Uh, verse uh, 138, your testimonies which you commanded are righteous and very faithful. They're very faithful. Uh, just a couple of um, Malachi 3.10. Nice hands. <laughs> 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 Get the instant replay. Get the instant replay. <laughs> 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 <laugh
I've drank a whole pot of coffee this morning already, so. <laughs> Malachi 310. I know. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be enough room to receive it. I mean, do we really trust him? That's a, that's a promise he gives us. And he says, look, try me. You know, test me on this. And I will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you can't imagine. And, I mean, we probably all can testify about times where we have written that check or we have made that investment into some ministry and we thought, this is not going to work. I mean, I can't afford this. And the Lord has said, boom, something else comes along. And I've also seen it the other way. I always joke, either you're going to give a tithe or the plumber's going to get it. I mean, <laughs> he's going to get it one way or the other. And um, let's try him on it. I mean, what the heck? Let's go for it. Um, Philippians, um, you know, do we trust him with our riches? And it's, it's hard and it's challenging and it's difficult, but we've got to believe in that. Um, what about peace and anxious times? Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, says this. Um, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, we can trust him with our anxious times. But we have, it's our part and his part. I went to Lakewood last night. And, um, you know, and you can always count on Lakewood to give you an encouraging message. And I love it. I love it. And so Joel, of course, brought a very encouraging message. And, um, and he was talking about, and that's why I prayed about Father God. He was talking about that God will help us clean up our messes. You know, God, and the thought, the, the picture he used, and I thought it was great, was that um, he said in their backyard they had, an, uh, they had an oak tree, and he had told his son Jonathan when he was a toddler, don't climb the tree without me being there. And one day he was um, in his bedroom doing something, and all of a sudden he hears screams of Jonathan, you know, Daddy, I'm stuck. The father heart of Joel did not say, well, just one second, Jonathan, Victoria, has he done his chores? You know, has he been nice to his sister? You know, has he, you know, done all of his homework? No. I mean, the father heart, what is the very first thing he's going to do? He's running out there, and he's going to rescue him. And that he will start cleaning up our messes, even if we made them. But just in the same way, I thought about this this morning when I was praying through this, just in the same way, uh, if, if we make a mess as kids and mess up our room, how many times have our moms and come in, hopefully, have come in and help you, done, help you clean it up? But they didn't clean it up. They helped, come on, we can do this together, and they clean it up, you do it together. And if we, we really get spoiled rotten, if mom comes and cleans the room, and we don't, you know, we don't help her in that situation. And so the same way with the father. It's like, okay, look, I can help you walk through this difficult time, but this is what you need to do. I can give you the peace that passes all understanding, but I want you to not be anxious. I want you to tell me of everything that's going on. I want you to have Thanksgiving in the midst of that. You start doing that, and then I'll start giving you the peace. And that's a command. We can trust his commands. They're faithful. One last command, too, that, um, that I think is we, um, I'm real quick sometimes to so forget it. Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, do we really believe that if we seek his kingdom first, above all else, everything else is going to be added unto us? And what does it look like, and how does that work out? And, and that's our physical needs, our emotional needs, our spiritual needs. And... Um, I just know that whenever I get off course, whenever I get emotional, Ellen and I went to dinner on Wednesday night, we were talking about, you know, relational. I mean, just you live this life that we live in this big city and being single and busy at work and you're spread all over the city. And it's like, you know, just sometimes just having someone to go hang out with is sometimes challenging. 
And, um, you know, and I was kind of processing through all that and thinking about personal goals for 2011 and, you know, where I'm going to go with all that. And it's like, you know, this is what, how do I fix this? And, you know, I just kind of could spiral down even talking about it. But the, um, <laughs> but I know, but if I keep going back, keep going back to seeking him first, and whether that's through reading the word, whether it's in praise and worship, you know, whether it's just spending time just settling in his nature, which is hard to challenging to do in the middle of, of Houston, settle in that seeking first, and he'll, he'll give rest to my soul, and he'll give peace to my soul, and all these things will be added to you. So um, we can trust his commandments. They are faithful, and if he gives a promise in there, we can know that it's true, and we can hold him to it. Lord, I don't have your peace right now. I've given, I feel like I'm not being anxious. I feel like I've given you all my, you know, so what do I need to do? These commands aren't coming through. Lord, I've, I've, I've given the tithes and the offerings. I've done what you've wanted me to do with, with the finances, I believe. You know, what's blocking, what's blocking it? What's, what is not happening? Because it doesn't feel like the windows of heaven are being opened. Where am I missing this? And he will reveal it. I mean, it's, it, I'm, I believe that with everything in me. Okay, you know, I couldn't skip this one. Um, verse 140 says, Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. How do you love the word? How do you love the word? I think I thought about how do we love the word in the same way of, of you know, how do we love others in relationship. And it takes, you've got to spend time with it. And we have to spend time in the word of God. And, and, you know, I always, that's what I pound on all the time. You obey it and you honor it. You know, whether it's a grandparent, whether it's a spouse, whether it is a friend, I mean, you're ne- you are not going to really love anybody if you don't spend time with them. And then if you don't honor them, I mean, you're not going to really show your love. So those are just ways that, real quick, I was going to hit on that, that we, um, we can do to love, love God. So what I want to focus on today is that on verse 151, it says, You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. James 4.8 is an amaz- another commandment that's uh, another promise that we can kind of hang our hat on. Um, and it really, really, it starts at 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We can, God will draw near to us. He will draw near to us. I want to talk about just five things to make that happen. Number one, pray with your whole heart. Psalm, 145, or Psalm 119, 145 says, I cry out with my whole heart. Are we holding back anything in your life? Is there any area of my life that's like, God, you know, I, I trust you with all this area over here, but don't mess with that. There's a little book, I wish I could remember the name of it, that talks really about your, a home, and your heart is, is God's home. And, you know, have you just let him into the foyer? But, you know, living room, you're not letting him in there, and how, you know, my social engagements, you know, are you doing in the kitchen so you're not messing with how you deal with the temple of the Holy Spirit? You know, are you, are you letting him into the closet that you never want to clean out? And are there some wounds and some hurts that, you've never, that you're hanging on to? Um, Victoria last night I thought this was a good story too she said that she was um, uh, standing in the back and she had a cup of hot tea and she just poured a hot tea and was stirring it and all of a sudden her little five year old nephew came running toward her and, um, and she's just like I mean she's braced for this and this hot cup of tea and I don't want to spill it on him and all that stuff and, and he just grabs her around and is hugging her around her knees and, and so um, she had one of two choices she could either hang on to that tea or she could set it down and receive his love and give back his love and so obviously she set the tea down and then bent down and, and, and loved him and she said it was a good picture of our, what we do with God there's nothing wrong with my tea you know there was nothing there wasn't bad in that you know 
but man, to fully receive and to fully give back. Sometimes we got to let things down. You know, there's some relationships that maybe we got to let down. There's some, there's some attitudes we, not, we might need to let down. There's some wants and some desires we need to set down. There's some um, uh, it, it's wants and desires. I mean, whether it's sleep, whether it's food, whether it's um, things. You know, and we need to set that down to really give and receive all the love that God has for us. And, um, and so there's some things that there's just some setting down we need to do. Um, relationships that are just draining us. And it's pulling us away. I was there, um, you know, work, as we look back at work, and, you know, what is, how much is enough, and what, what can we do to make that happen? <laughs> huh? Yeah. What? You like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, um, and knowing what that is, is that's where that intimacy with God has got to be clear. We're like, okay, when is enough enough of whatever? whatever that situation might be, and set it down, and we go from there. So pray with your whole heart. We've got to give him everything, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And, you know, and our heart is definitely our soul, so our mind, our will, and our emotions. You know, I'm just giving it all over to him. Another way you can draw near to God is to pray with passion. Also in Psalm 145, it says, I cried out. Um, he cried out. It wasn't just lip service. It wasn't just, you know, um, uh, a passing. I mean, it was, he was intentionally, with, uh, with great passion, was crying out and giving him his, his concerns and his fears and his aches and his pains. And he cried out to God. And how many times are we in that desperate situation where we're just going to cry out to God? I mean, just like Joel's son up on the oak tree, you know, and, and crying out and saying, you know, Daddy, come rescue me. And, man, he is so quick to come and rescue us. I know that I'm the worst about I'll fix and fix and fix and try and try and try and figure and figure and figure. And then he's just like, I would have helped you, you know, a week, a month, an hour ago if you just would have said, can I, you know, take the moment, pull aside, and say, Lord, hey, I need some help in this. I need some wisdom. You know, go into the bathroom and cry out. You know, send a text to a friend. I mean, whatever the situation is, and he will give us wisdom um, if we cry out. And it, not just lip service. You know, and I, that is, um, you know, it's, it's always been. I did it for many years, too. So, you know, just coming to church because that's what you're supposed to do on Sunday. I mean, but really, are we coming to church because we want to worship God and, and be transformed and, again, I mean, because I went to church last night. So I loved it because this is, again, he's encouraging. I mean, Joel got up there and said, if you are a believer, you need to leave this place changed with either more faith, more joy, more encouragement, you know, more blessings. You need to be changed when you come in than when you, when you arrive. And that is the truth. If we walk into church and we either were grumpier, you know, and there are people and there have been times where I've walked out grumpier <laughs> from church when I've come, you know. But, man, if I come with expectancy, and that has been my cry, Ephesians Oh, I don't want to get ahead. That's the next. That's another thing. We'll skip ahead. D is pray with expectancy. We need to pray with our whole heart. Pray with passion. We'll come back to see. But pray with expectancy. One forty-seven says, "I rise before the dawn of the morning. I cry for help. I hope in your word." So I've cried out to you my issues, and now I'm hoping in you. I'm expecting you to show up and do your thing. Ephesians three twenty says, "More than we could ask or imagine." Let me let's, let me flip over there and read the whole thing to you. You know, I got a new Bible, and so I can't find anything in this new Bible. Um, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could possibly ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could ask or think. You know, and so with, we come with expectancy. Okay, God, I, I'm expecting you to show up. God, I'm expecting you to 
help me in this area of my life. I'm expecting you to show me wisdom in this area of this situation that I'm, that I'm going through. I'm expecting you to, to um, bless me, bless my soul, you know, bless, prosper my soul as, prosper my, myself as my soul prospers. You know, I believe in a prosperity ministry, but it's of my soul. It's not of things and touch, you know, and it will often follow, but it's, you know, it's, that's not the prosperity. But God, what are you, what are you going to do? And these are, I'm coming expecting you to show up. I'm expecting the supernatural to happen. And then what's amazing is he says he's going to do abundantly beyond what we could ask or expect. And so let's expect big things, and then he's going to, like, show up with even more things. And I think that is, um, you know, it, great teaching Beth did about faith in Romans 4 and um, how uh, it is um, that the Lord, it's an accounting, it's an accounting term when, they, when she talks about he's uh, um, crediting it toward our, our righteousness. Our faith is being credited toward our righteousness. And it's almost like, he's like, okay, I'm not going to do that, but man, I'm going to give you credit, you know, the calculus of the calculator, you know, an old-time calculator. I'm going to give you credit that you would believe me to do something that great. I love it. I love that you thought that. Bam. You know, it's like little kids going to their daddy and say, fix this broken toy, you know? And it's like there's no power for them to do it, but man, it blesses him to fix that. And so we need to believe and pray with expectancy. And it was, it blessed me because I knew I'd already, because I did my lesson yesterday afternoon, I knew that um, this was already a point that I was going to talk about, and Joel last night said, let's have an Ephesians 3.20 week. Let's go into the week with great expectancy for what God's going to do, and then we're going to be blessed and beyond what we could ask or imagine. And I think some of it's just setting setting ourselves up, and I think especially going into Thanksgiving with family and all that kind of thing, and what's going to happen. And just start, let's believe in for expectancy. Let's believe with expectancy for great things, amazing, profound, and wonderful things to happen. It's funny, um, Becky, that you say that because um, not this season, but there's so many seasons that you go through. Um, but one of the seasons that I went through while I was expecting God to do something um, was amazing because as I was going through that journey, I didn't see it hmm. at the time. But people around me were kind of assuring me. And then finally one day I kind of, was like, oh my God, I'm going through something. But the deal was, um, I was living with my parents. I was like, you know, that was comfortable for me. That was safe. But then, you know, my mother got this big argument. So I was like, okay, it's time for me to go. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, God, where do I go? I have no job. Mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. money. You know, how do you expect me to, you know, pro- be able to provide? Right. So I was really being prayerful. I was like, okay, I'm going to seek your word. And I'm hoping that, you know, I know that you're going to guide me through this. This was like, I was like, okay, well, I'm tired of talking about God is faithful. God yeah, is this, right, God right, is that. Right. It's either I have to do it. Or I don't. Or oh. I can just still stay here and just say, yeah, yeah, he's faithful. Yeah, he's faithful. But I said, no, I really want to see you do some things in awesome. my life. No, it may not be big, but I just need to see one thing. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I left. And uh, it, everything just kind of worked out. I mm-hmm. mean, the, I found a place. It was just a good deal. A friend referred me, so I ended up getting there. I mean, everything just worked out so smoothly. And I was like, hey, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay. For, no job. No income. Car note, mm-hmm, rent, mm-hmm, everything, mm-hmm. light, water, food, everything, no yeah. job. And I have been unemployed plenty of times because I was like, okay, like this time, you know, I had a cushion because with mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I was like, no, go. So I said, like, okay, four months, rent paid, car paid, no j- hair, nails, <laughs> no, no, wants, needs, everything. Out with friends, you know, everything came through, literally. And, yeah. and, and when I invite friends over, and when I said that, I didn't realize what I was going through. Is when I was inviting friends over, they were saying, "Girl, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, right, right. You, 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 you know, you just. I was like, you know what? What do 
I can do it. I was like, I can do anything. Yeah, right. I was like, it is God. And yeah. then that's when I had to say, yeah, it's God. He's been carrying me. He's yeah. been keeping me. He's right. been providing. Right. Nothing has gone, um, with, I haven't gone without. He just keeps providing. And that's, that was an amazing experience. And now, you know, in my walk with God, I'm not afraid to jump. Sure. Because... If yeah, he showed that. I'm just like, right. okay, that was nothing. That was nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, 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 That's and, an it, and it's funny because a, a friend of my older said, as long as you know you give back your first fruits, he said that he will provide your wants, your needs, your shelter, your clothes, your food. You will have that. Yeah. And I said all that time I was paying my tithe, even though I didn't, you know, I was just doing it because I felt that that was the thing to do. Right. He still was providing. That's right. And he was That's still, right. you know, yeah. there for me. So yeah. I was just like, that was. Yeah, that was a good season for me. And it was, and there's that expectancy. Okay, God, I need you to show up. And he's like, Okay, well, you need to move so right. I can show up. Right. I mean, you know, and, and that was get out of your mom's house. Get out of your mom's house. Yeah, you. yeah. Because I'm providing a provision, but I got a bigger provision than I want to right. provide for you. And to step and walk that right. out. I love it. Victoria last night she does the, she does the, kind of opening before they give their tithes and offering, and she says we're the best givers at Lakewood. And I just loved it. I just mm -hmm. love that. She says, we're the best givers. And she said, now it's time to take our tithes and offerings. And they started applauding. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I'm like, we're so excited <laughs> to give our tithes and our offerings, you know, and we're the best givers at Lakewood. And I just, I, I just, you know, you're going to be encouraged if you go to Lakewood. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be encouraged if you go to Lakewood. So anyway, so let's just believe for expectancy. Let's believe just amazing and fantastic things that come out of Thanksgiving Day. You know, and some of us might have challenges with family and bigger family and extended family or closer family and... And, um, you know, I'm going to go be with my dad, who I haven't seen probably in three years, but my stepbrother and sister and their family. and I mean, people I haven't seen in seven, eight, nine years. And we're staying in a cabin like a dozen, 18 of us. I, I mean, it's like, you know, but I arrive at 2 o'clock on Wednesday, and I'm out of there Friday at 8 o'clock. But I'm believing. I'm just starting to believe with expectancy. Actually getting kind of excited about it. Man, I'm almost, you know, it's going to be good and catching up. And, and we've kind of many connected through Facebook, you know, so we kind of at least know, you know, we can recognize one another kind of thing, you know. But some of the, I mean, the, the youngest granddaughter was two, and now she's ten, you know. And then the, the, I'm really praying um, one of the, my step-nephew is autistic. And so we, when we were together eight years ago, his mom was really amazed at the connectivity that we had. And so I'm just praying and believing for for great things, just live with great expectancy, and then, then I get to go to Lakewood for about 10 days, and really <clears throat> excited about what God's going to do, and then let's just live with expectancy, and, and, and set up good things, not set up bad things, because usually if we, you know, as you, as you think, so you go, so, okay, um, jump back to see, prayer for salvation, we want to draw near to God, pray with the whole heart, pray with passion, pray for salvation, and that is, I think, both in the, um, let's see, 146, save me and I will keep your testimonies. I mean, I think that is both, of course, you know, Jesus is our Savior. I mean, it's the, of course, saving, saving, of saving grace. But I think it's also just save me from this mess. Save me from myself. It's not, um, oh, not Rebecca. I don't know. I can't remember her name. She sings this, The Girl Who's Blind, and she says, I think it's Deliver Me From Me. It's a song that she sings. I mean, like, save me from me. I mean, I can be my own worst enemy. Save me from me, you know. But then also, we need to, there is a spiritual enemy out there, and he is going to attack us, and he knows how to attack us, and we need to rebuke him, and we need to, you know, not go there and recognize it quickly and start confessing against him that, man, that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. I am not, you know, whatever. Whatever that, whatever your lie might be, and just start, Lord, hey, save me, deliver me from that guy, save me from the enemy, and that. 
And then lastly, um, uh, pray at all times. Um, 147 says, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. My, my eyes awaken through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Pray at all times. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, you know, pray without ceasing. And it's like, how do we really do that? And that's still, I'm still processing through. In the car, at work, and at your desk, Just ever be you know like? mindful. Like, you, you see people with the Bluetooth headset on? That's cute. Line, you never hang up. That's good. You've always got, you always got the line open. You're always on the phone. You just never hang up. Yeah. And when you have that attitude, you know, that everything you say, he really is listening because he's on the other line. Right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> right. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah, and it is. It's just being ever mindful and aware of stopping and saying, you know, um, the uh, uh, one little this church it's a, it was a little church it's a huge church now um, Grove Level Baptist Church in um, in Grove Level Georgia North Georgia they had um, for their Bible study their vacation Bible study it was called Bible Time and um, Vacation Bible School they gave everybody a little red a tiny red dot that they put over the three and so every time it was you know it hit the three whether it was at the every hour is when you went when it was three fifteen two fifteen one fifteen that you would pray, you know, because it's Bible time. Mm-hmm. It's Bible time. And I just thought that was just really neat. Mind, yeah, mm-hmm. good remi- we need reminders. I mean, the yeah. Lord talks about it again and again and again. We need memorials because we are so quick to forget. Yeah. We are so quick to forget. So what do we need to do to be mindful of, you know, of praying without ceasing? And that is, I mean, I, I don't, they're good examples. I don't agree with their teaching, but, I mean, the Muslims, I mean, four, five, six, seven times a day, whatever. I mean, they're stopping. They're praying to Mecca. I mean, they are, it doesn't matter what's happening. I mean, in traveling over, you've seen... No, even here. It, yeah. We don't, we stop. Yeah, we stop, you stop right then. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that, you know, and so, I mean, they are, they're intentional about it. They're very intentional about how it is. So what I, the little takeaway that I thought was um, to help us pray without ceasing, to help us be thankful and not anxious, I mean, there was about three or four different things, but I don't know, find a little notepad, stick something in your purse. And at every meal, before, before you start, just jot down two or three things, hey, that I'm thankful for. Just this next week, you know, so every day you get six, nine things that you've written down. And so at the end of the week, you've got some really neat things that you're thankful for. And it might be, you know, I just might be thankful that I, the sun came up this morning. I mean, you know, I mean, it does, the, you know, and as we continue to look at, you know, at him and his gratefulness for the things in our lives and that really matter. That really are the deep stuff and those friendships and relationships. I read a devotional this morning, and I loved it because it was my friend wrote it, and I know her. I mean, so that, because she's my friend. And, um, and so it's always makes, it's like when you hear, uh, when some, somebody preaches and they're your personal friend or someone sings it's your personal friend or you read a book and it's your personal friend, it just makes it me- more meaningful because I can see her daughter doing this. Um, she said, what do you do with Christmas cards? She says, I love receiving Christmas cards, but then what do you do with them? You know, if we tape them on the door, the tape doesn't work. You put them on the fireplace, and that's not always the safest thing with, you know, three little boys in the house. You know, do you put it on the refrigerator, and it's like, you know, the magnets, you know, and every time you close the door, they scatter all over there. So she said, we just started putting them in the basket, and we put them on the dining room table. And one meal, uh, Megan was sitting there looking through the, the cards, and she said, Mom, here are the Kellers. Why don't we pray for the Kellers? And it started the tradition that at every meal during this Christmas season that they would take out a Christmas card and during the meal they would read whatever the letter was and then they would pray for that family. And I just thought, that is the neatest thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just I like that. Christmas cards, but I do one to that family. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> I'm just sending you a card. Yeah. This isn't even a Christmas yeah. card, yeah. but when you put it in the Christmas card basket. You, know <laughs> you don't know me. 
me, but I heard that. Yeah, but I heard. <laughs> I heard that the grapes were on the yeah. And so I just love that. Yeah, that great. And it's like, okay, good. That's because I'm the same. Because I don't decorate at Christmas. I don't put anything up. I don't do. It's not that I don't do Christmas. I just don't do anything at my house because, like this year, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting back on the sixth, the fifth, and, um, and then I leave again on the, you know, the two weeks later or on the Tuesday, whatever the next one, you know, the nineteenth, twenty-first, or whatever. And so I'm not even there. Yeah. And so, I, but I'm doing this because usually the Christmas cards I read them, you know, check my address in my planner, and you know, throw them away. But this year I'm getting a basket, and I think I'll keep them through the year, you know, and have them and just have them close by. That I can and can pray for them. So I just love that. I love that thought, and um, and to help us be thankful for our friendships, because that really is, you know, because the word of God and people—that's all that's going to last, you know. And even as we think about, as I'm thinking about Christmas shopping and what my friends need, and they don't need a stinking thing, you know. And my budget's a little tighter this year than it's been in the past, and so I'm thinking they're getting a nice long letter from me telling me telling them how much I love them, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe a donation given in their name to. You know, some charity of that I think would bless them. I mean, well, for the last, I would say probably eight, six years, I don't get Christmas anymore. Yeah. Because that's not the purpose of Christmas. No. And um, now I do give to those persons that don't know me at all. Like yeah. if there's an angel tree or something, uh-huh. family, I'll give, and they don't, you know, they don't have to know who I am. But as far as my immediate family, I mean, they don't, and it didn't go over well when I told them this. Um, because I was adamant about it. I was like, I'm not doing Christmas. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. What about the five? I was like, Mom, I'm not doing the five, three, even if it's a dollar fifty, because you have to understand, we are all healthy. Yeah. All your right. children work. Right. Um, you know, we can provide for ourselves. We don't need anything else. The mm-hmm. Bible says when you store things up like that, and mm-hmm. yeah. it's not good, mm-hmm. we need to give us stuff away. Right, yeah. right. Because what do you need? Another what? Yeah, oh, and, 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 and usually if you buy a $5 gift, it's just a... Nothing. It's nothing. nothing. It's a yeah. junk. I mean, you know. So why don't yeah. I need to pay $5 for something that no one, yeah. what is a $5, you know, Starbucks yeah. card really going to do at the end of the day? Right. Exactly. Nothing. Yeah. So I can give Except that. Except it would do a lot socks. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can give a pair of socks to someone that well, totally. doesn't have a pair of socks. Can, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How much would that mean? Yeah. Well, this, uh, it, well, and it's Hope International I like better than, is it Kiva, K-I-V-A, which is the small microprocess, microfinancing loans. Um, it's one of Oprah's favorites last night, where you can actually make a $25 or whatever, a $1,000 donation um, to someone specifically in a third world who needs a microfinance loan. So you make a $25 donation to Kiva, and then they loan this, you know, woman in South Asia who wants to buy materials so she can so, you know, start a business, and she can take that $25, you know, so micro microfinance loan. I think I said microprocessing. Microfinance loan. You know, and so, man, man, and that is, talk about exponential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, instead of giving $5 to my siblings, you know, yeah, in yeah give it the $25 mm-hmm. that's going to change oh, their life. life. Yes. I mean, how much is a $5 iTunes going to really change your life or a $5 Starbucks exactly. is going to really change? That will change. I mean, how much more song? This morning I, I was listening to a, a, a friend of mine share with me what her, their worship song set was, and um, I thought, oh, I want to get that song. And I almost went online and bought it. And I thought it was 99 cents. I thought, I do not need another worship song. I've got 1,700 on my thing. I don't need another worship song. Just, you know, use the ones you got. You know? It's America, so it's easy to just kind of do what we want to do. Whenever we want. Work for it and get it. Yeah. Versus another company, we don't even even think about it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. That's right. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I have to double think before I even buy it. I'm like, wait, do I really need that? Yeah. I was like, let me just think about it for a few minutes and step away. And really okay, look at it. Yeah. And if I don't, 
Yeah. Then you know. Yeah, exactly. I kind of have it. This is I've kind of given myself a personal challenge this next week. Um, to um, I'm going to try and really spend like twenty dollars max this week. I have to pay for a rental car that didn't count and the gas. But like I'm. Um, my, I have all my meals that I'm at home with, and you know, take it. Just take a empty bottle with me to the airport. Don't buy five dollars worth of bottle on that. And I thought, well, I'm flying on Friday at 12:30, and I thought my stepmother will love to make me a sandwich, you know, <laughs> to take with me on the plane with all, you know, or whatever. And I thought, okay. And I thought there is, I can, I can go this week and not spend any money. And I don't need to buy a Starbucks when I'm at the airport. Yeah. I went to the library. Of course, it cost me $12 because I had overdue fees at the <laughs> library. <laughs> you know it's been a long time. It's $20. Yeah, exactly. So, so, that, so it starts today. Really, it started today is when it started and I thought, you know, but how, I mean, I love to challenge myself and it's like, it's going to be great at the end of the week. I thought, you know, and then my real big challenge is usually my credit card bill is really big because I put everything on it, especially work-related stuff and all that stuff. And I always pay it off at the end of the month. So my challenge with that is that $1,000. I want, you know, come December 15th that it be under $1,000 is because I just don't want to, I want to spend so little that during these, this time, let's just, you know, okay, kind of because I need to. <laughs> I've played way too much. So anyways, let's pray and then we'll go. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Lord. I thank you for these girls and I just pray blessings on their week, Lord. I pray that they'll, Ephesians 3.20 this week, they'll go with great expectancy and great hope believe in you to um, show off in a profound and amazing way. Lord, I pray for their relationships with their families and friends that will be gathered around the table. Um, I just, and I really pray um, for Vicki, Lord, that you would show her who needs to be there and who needs to come to her home. And Lord, if there's anybody that's, that's going to be alone on, on Thanksgiving, Lord, that she would be in touch with them and that she would draw them to, them, to, to her, Father. Thank you for her willingness to open her home. Lord, we love you and we thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ladies, we need to decide when we're going to get together as a